Yo, hey, it's Backdoor Cut. Yo, we're here. We are here. Well, two of us are here. Yeah, we being Beatty and Josh, because Jake has gone on an old elk hunting trip in Hawaii, I believe. <laughs> in true Backdoor Cut fashion, when we're away, we're out shooting elk. And I, Beatty, you probably know better than me as the elk hunter you are, but I was unaware Hawaii had such a concentration of elk. Uh, it's, it's, they're a plague <laughs> over there, Josh. Absolute plague. You just got to know where to look. Yeah, um, exactly. Jake, if you, if you tuned in, we hope you brought your combat boots. You know, like you're never going to hike up a mountain without the correct boots and insoles for that matter, because the insoles you get in the boots, I'm sure you know, baby, but <laughs> they're just going to give you blisters. They're not going to give you the support you need. Comfort um, is extremely important. Trekking when hunting elk for miles can, and miles. It, it can be a whole day process. Exactly. You can't just be copping sore feet all day long. Maybe a, a decoy elk, I've heard they're quite popular. You can chuck in maybe a, what looks to be an elk, and the elk can go have a, nestle up to it, and maybe say hello, and then bah, right in the head with your Matthews Halon 32 bow with black gold sights. <laughs> I'm sure you would get amazing accuracy with the Matthews Halon, as long as you're using uh, broadhead arrows, of course. Of course, of course. So it gets real stuck in there. You don't want to get that falling out the other end. Um, and obviously, if you're going hunting with a Matthews Halon bow, you got to bring a spare release. You lose of your release on the mountain. You're not going to oh. find it. You don't have a backup. Trip over. Disaster. So, Jake... Please, please let us know if you've got all this under control. If not, we can send you some places you can find some while you're over there in Hawaii. Uh, enjoy the waves, mate. <laughs> enjoy the waves. Enjoy the waves. Um, let's talk some basketball, Josh. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, first off, since we are Sands, Jake, I think we should just talk about the Celtics real quickly. Yeah, I've been dying for this. <laughs> I've been dying. Now that he's finally away, we can voice all of our real opinions on how we feel about the Celtics and goodness me it couldn't be more different than the the garbage we spool out to him we every have to week. smile and nod <laughs> at his smug face every time yeah, oh, Celtics boys, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> their future is just set up uh, for the next decade fuck Jason Tatum yeah Jason Tatum he's he, I mean he's talented and everything but Celtics didn't really do anything. They just got him, yeah, and he exactly. happened to already be really good. Beatty, what's what's your number one thing you don't like about the Celtics? Uh, at the moment, I hate the fact that they just fell ass overhead into Kyrie Irving. <laughs> into just incredible success. Oh, what? <laughs> I hate that. Oh. Here's Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. What? There's our future <laughs> for 10 years. Oh, I hate the fact that they just took advantage of Brooklyn. Yep. Yeah, how completely. Rude, this, like, none of this happens if they didn't do that trade. Do they have no ethics? Yes. Are you of really going to leave a whole city mired in the ground like the, that? The forever? biggest market in NBA, and you've just ruined one of the teams for so, the, a decade. Good almost. one there, Boston. One that's been niggling on me, which I've just I cracked it on the weekend. I was playing NBA Two K eighteen, and you know how the presentation is in that game. It's so bloody good. It's almost true to life, and the parquetry on the bloody <laughs> TD Carden four floor. I, I can't stand it, man. Why is it going to be parquetry? Every other every other team's just got a regular hardwood floor. So they think looks they're crisp, better than us good. or something? They want to be niche. They want to be different. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm getting riled up. Maybe we should stop talking maybe, about yeah, okay. things. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe we should talk about the, the end of, well, what we perceive to be the end of free agency now that these last two deals are wrapped up. Yeah, I, I think... Probably to start off with, off the bat, Clint Capella. Yeah, I think we speak about how well the Rockets front office runs almost weekly here on Backdoor Cut, but me oh my, how did they fall into this deal? They got Clint Capella all wrapped up five five years for $90 million. To put that into perspective... Zach Levine just got four years and $80 million. And Zach Levine has not proven... Half the shit that Clint Capella's proven. I I think for the kind of center that he is and the market that's going around, they couldn't have done much better than this. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think for Clint Capella, it's it's smart that he took the deal. Like, I'd, obviously, there must have been a stalemate 
it took this long to get a deal. Yeah, and of- I, I've heard this is well below the valuation that he was expecting, and he still signed off on it. So they've done really well. Yeah, that absolutely. If you're a Rockets fan, I think you're stoked. And I, I think for Capella, it's probably acknowledgement of the fact that you are a center with limitations. Like you're not sort of this Joel Embiid or or Carl Anthony Towns offensive beast. Like you, there's things that you can't do. That's kind of the beauty of Capella, though. I feel. oh, absolutely, yeah. He, he's like so conscious of his role, and he doesn't try and venture out of that too much yep. he just tries to do his role as good as that role can possibly be done and it, and it fits perfectly with the rockets and and the rest of their roster and and how they play like it's 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 the best team for him to be on so i think ultimately that's where it's a good deal for both sides maybe he wanted such a high valuation then saw how little people were getting and kind of got scared maybe i don't want to do a nerland's knoll turn down yeah. a Huge exactly. contract, and then I'm worth nothing next yeah. year. Maybe I should just lock this shit up. Which, yeah. I mean, can you blame the guy? He's done Definitely awful not. well. Yeah. Um, I believe this means Chris Paul, Harden, and Capella are all locked up for the immediate future. Yeah, and I mean that's if that's your sort of your big three. Well, then it's pretty good big three. It's pretty good big three. Considering you know the other dudes that they have. Obviously, they lost Ariza, but Eric Gordon's a great player. They, they've got good complementary players. Yeah, and it now sets up the Rockets in that as long as those three are tied up, they've got their two ball handlers and they've got their big man under the rim, they really just need to go get shooting and defense yeah. on the wings. That's it. it. They don't need anyone that can, you know, score off the bounce or... It's going to be ironic because of who they're trying to sign. yeah. Well, speaking of shooting and wing defense, Carmelo Anthony... Is this is this is this what you were talking about there, Josh? Look, no, I I would, you know, who's the perfect player for this team? Trevor Ariza. Exactly. Yep. They just so happen to let him walk and go to the Suns, and it sounds like all signs are pointing to them signing Carmelo Anthony now. And I'm going to be honest with you, Beatty, I'm in the same boat as I was with the Thunder last year. I think this is going to make him a worse team. This isn't going to help. I agree. Absolutely agree. I, I feel like you could not sign Carmelo for any amount and change my mind know, on this. I yeah. know. Like, even if he signs for the $2 million minimum, yep. which he likely will, he's cutting into playing time. You Would, might not be paying him much, yeah. but he's cutting into playing time. He's going to be on the court. And as far as I'm concerned, any time Harden and Carmelo Anthony are on the court at the same time... Bad things are going to happen. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, even I, recently he's been quoted again saying that he, he still expects to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Is, he's oh. like, I'm not coming off the bench here. You guys aren't hearing yeah. me. And I'm like, no, I don't think you're hearing us. It's not we don't want you to start. It's that you shouldn't start. You're hurting your own reputation at this point. If he came off the bench and they had a bench lineup of Eric Gordon and Carmelo Anthony coming on as spark plugs... Mate, there would never be a drop-off. Yeah, they exactly. could be scoring forever, but yeah. he doesn't want that. He wants to start at small forward or power forward, which may be the better option in this case. Yeah, I agree. they can find a 3 and D wing. Yeah, and I mean, even then, he's not defensively. I think there's big problems with Melo, whether he's out on the wing or he's in closer to the hoop. Like, it's just he's not a good defensive player anymore. Or was he ever really? The, see... There was so many moments where he just all of a sudden defended and everyone was like, oh, maybe he's not that bad after all. But the problem never lied in that he couldn't defend. It's that he wouldn't defend. Yeah. Especially those last few years at the Knicks. The Knicks kind of ruined his whole reputation. He didn't didn't even try to defend. So coming onto the Rockets now who very much need someone who is absolutely dedicated to helping their team win in any shape, way, or form, I don't see how Carmelo is going to help. They didn't need more scoring. They have points coming they out of their ass. Of scoring, yeah. I don't know. I think they needed shooting. Well, not that they've signed him yet, but I think they need shooting and wing defense. And yeah. this isn't helping with that. Well, this is the other thing. Like, it's all speculation. Like, uh, I don't think he's been bought out yet by Atlanta. I, I don't... I don't think that it's necessarily a lock that he goes to Houston. Mm. 
I, I mean, part of me really kind of hopes that he ends up at the Lakers. That would <laughs> that would that would just fill out the, the meme the team, LeBron's meme, meme team, team. Exactly. I think that would be better. That would be better for the Rockets. You would avoid this poison pill that is Carmelo. What do you reckon? I've just thought of this off the top of my head. What do you think of a trade between the Rockets and the Trailblazers? The Rockets send Ryan Anderson to the Trailblazers, and in exchange, the Trailblazers send Evan Turner. He's uh, not a shooter, but he can defend, and he he adds a little bit of playmaking on the wing. I think. I mean, it would be it'd be largely dependent on what the Blazers and their salary cap and what they were looking to do to do. If they're still hoping to be a contender, I don't know whether or not. Ryan Anderson is going to... I mean, I think in theory he fits with Lillard and McCollum as a stretch big. Exactly, yeah. His contract is horrible. But then again, I guess he should fit in theory with the Rockets. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, that was me spitballing. Um, um, what, uh, we we're going to talk about a few teams from the previous season and what changes they sort of needed to make for, for the season upcoming. Oh, before we do, yeah. we've got one last deal to discuss. Oh, of course, yeah. So, contrary to what we believe to be an astounding signing in Capella for $90 million, the Cleveland Cavaliers have decided to... <sighs> this is a tough one, because we thought, by all accounts, they should be starting a rebuild right now. Blow it up. Blow Perfect it up. blow it up candidate. They're not going to win. The East is far too good at the top and really easy to tank in. But instead, they've signed Kevin Love to a $5 million, uh, five-year, $113 million deal. deal. yeah. Five years, $113 million. Kevin Love is 29 years old. <laughs> and he's, he's probably... He's regressed a little bit in his last four years since he's been at Cleveland. You're struggling to say this with a straight face. I... I'm. I was a huge love fan when he was on the Wolves. I really thought that he was probably the best power forward in the game. He was one of the best players in the in the game. I think he had a year there where he averaged like twenty six and twelve. Like that was insane. Yeah, yeah. Like he was putting up forty a night some nights. And obviously, when you then go play with LeBron, you have to take that sort of that that third option on the chin, like Chris Bosh did when yeah. when we're talking about to the Heat days. And he just hasn't really shown it since. And I don't know. I mean, I think this contract is very much banking on Kevin Love this, somehow recapturing yeah, the Minnesota con- days. This contract is under the assumption next year he's averaging 25 points and 13 rebounds. Yeah. This contract is such an abject waste of money unless he does precisely that. Nothing short of that will be acceptable. That is so much yeah. money to be spending on a 29-year-old that isn't going to help your team win, nor will it help them gain assets in the future because he's getting paid to him. Oh, I guess I guess he could become a trade piece, but then who's going to pay? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the contract is too bad. Like it, it's, it's just too it's, big. It's, like, yeah. He might be a trade piece maybe next year, but give it any longer than that, no one's going to want a $30 million 31-year-old that can't defend... At their big man. I I mean, I think... I guess the argument for Cleveland is that... What else were they going to They've got to spend money, exactly. Yeah. And you have a guy who is an all-star caliber player already on the team. Like, you may as well just pay him and, and keep him around. But as you said, Josh, I think that the top end in the East is just too high. And I think Kevin Love probably gets the Cavs like yeah. an eight seed or Dude, a six seed or something. The like they'll Bucks probably... are going to cream the Cavs this year, the Sixers are going to cream the Cavs this year. The Celtics are going to beat them. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls beat the Cavs this year. And the, the Cavs just threw their whole cap. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. Like, all those teams are kind of in the same level, in the same tier. I just don't know whether or not you want to lock up so much of your cap for the next five years in, yeah, in, in Kevin, Kevin Love. It's so, like, I mean, Colin Sexton looks like a great piece. He's definitely going to contribute moving forward. Yeah. But you've still got a contract locked up in Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson, J.R. No Smith. one uh, is taking those deals yeah, off Yeah, they're the bad ones. Even yeah. as cap absorbers, no one's taking those deals. And I mean, I guess on the surface, like right now, we just mentioned those two guys, Kevin Love as well, and then Sexton. There's a sort of nucleus of a, a starting five there. 
There is, but but it's now Kevin Love's going to ensure that they're never bad enough to really exactly. add another yeah. foundation yeah, yeah, piece yeah, yeah. to Sexton. Yeah, they're just constantly going to be in this mediocre. You're kind of waiting for that Tristan Thompson deal and that J.R. Smith deal to come off. Yeah, the books. and then what? Swing for the fences in yeah. free agency. Again. And I mean, Cleveland is not exactly a free agent sort of destination. <laughs> not so, LeBron, not without LeBron not. James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I it's don't a know. it's a weird one. It's a real weird. One. I mean, from Kevin Love's perspective, it's a great deal. He got the bags. He got oh, the money. Yeah, he did. Um, I I mean, maybe for him, he was happy in Cleveland. He's out of the sort of bloodshed in the West, mm. and all those teams and all those superstars. Like he's probably a lock for the All Star this season. He's probably one of the best players in the East. Probably top yeah, top probably five <laughs> guy in the East now. So I'm nuts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what Cleveland are doing. I, w- I would love to see him just, like, hit another level. All this added responsibility just unlocks Well, I mean, yeah, maybe that's the thing. Maybe playing with LeBron is that difficult. Like, all of a sudden, the weight is off his shoulders. He's, like, the number one option, undoubtedly. Well, Chris Bosh bounced back again when LeBron left. Yeah, exactly. He became a 20 and 10 guy yeah. again. He didn't forget how to do it. And I mean, I, Kevin Love's game certainly offensively is good. Like he's he can shoot the ball from three, and he can he gets his post spot back. He gets his post exactly. Like he can score the ball. So it's I, I think in terms of scoring, he's going to easily be the Cavs' top scorer next season. And it's just sort of I guess the defensive end and what else they have on that roster. Well, this might be a good segue into what we're going to talk about today, which is we thought we'd look back at last season all the situations of each team at the end of the season, what they absolutely were lacking and needed to improve this off-season and whether they've done that or not, whether they've moved forward in that space to become a team which doesn't have that weakness anymore this year. We might as well start with the Cavs. Their end of season was obviously going to be deciding what their path moving forward is because LeBron's gone. It was... Not necessarily guaranteed he was leaving, but it was a pretty good assumption he was yeah. good as gone. We both are of the opinion they would have been better off taking the floor from out of it and just letting this shit crash to the ground. Yep. I, I mean, maybe, maybe we... I think there's also... People want to put yeah. people want to put the process and the sixes on a pedestal maybe and say this is how it has to be. Yeah, now. exactly. I think that is definitely there is some sort of element of that. So I don't know. Maybe it's it's finding that fine line in between the two extremes because at the same time, like we just mentioned with the Cavs, like I don't think it helps their purpose if if they're sort of a, an eight seed or a six seed for the next couple of seasons because Kevin Love is too good. He's keeping them up too 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 good. Well, in out that, of the lottery. if that is the case and that is what they wanted to accomplish, then Cavs actually haven't had that bad an off-season, I don't think. They've had a relatively good summer league. They've found out that uh, their Chetty Osman Turkish wing he can, can play. definitely play. <laughs> Absolutely. And I imagine he will be playing a bit this year. Yeah, there's some minutes there. It's more forward, I think. Colin Sexton can loan off George Hill defensively, which is invaluable for a bulldog like that kid. Um, I still think it would be worth their time to get J.R. Smith out of there because I feel that's going to become toxic as the season goes on, especially if he doesn't get a whole heap of game time. Just like old vets, they can cut him. They don't need Kyle Korver anymore. He was just there to catch LeBron's open three-point opportunities. Um, like, all the all these guys that they got in last minute, Jordan Clarkson, does he have a future with this team? Does Larry Nance have a future with this team? I think so. I think Larry Nance would be pretty good up against, or up with Kevin Love, should I say. Yeah, I think the idea of Larry Nance in general is pretty good. I think that's why they they tried, they did that trade. I think he's a better version of Tristan Thompson in sort of every way. Well, certainly his contract, at least. Like, that's the biggest sort of scary part of Tristan Thompson, that that contract is terrible. I think for the Cavs, like, they don't have and too Tristan much Thompson's long-term. one enduring skill, his offensive rebounding, the one thing that got him that contract yeah, to begin Tristan with, uh, is not nearly as important without LeBron there. It's... Yeah. He, he, they need to find a way to get him out. I mean, I was just about to mention, I, I think the, at least the saving grace for Cavs fans is that they don't have that much long-term money tied up 
now outside of love, like everyone else is off the books 2019, 2020, basically. So it's sort of, in that sense, I guess, hopefully the rebuild doesn't take too long for the Cavs. I reckon um, they might be better served rather than waiting for the next draft and swinging for the hills on getting a prodigy in the draft. Maybe doing a bit of the Brooklyn Nets kind of pick up a guy that's only a year or two into the league, maybe hasn't had the yeah. right opportunity yet. Wrong situation. Yeah, which yeah, it, yeah. like yeah. we all know happens all the time. A yep. kid gets drafted with oodles of talent, but yep. he gets drafted to a team where he's never going to be able to show it. Yeah. I think um, investing in guys like that. Well, that and I mean, that's all these expire. Well, not this coming season, but the season after all yeah, these expiring year. contracts, that's when they can sort of come into play. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a weird season for Cleveland, I think. Definitely. In a way, though, it's int- I'm it's intrigued. I'm yeah. definitely <laughs> intrigued by it. Yeah. I remember when LeBron left the first time, I just stopped watching Cleveland altogether. <laughs> that, they were that, proper that, garbage that was, when he left That the was first horrific time, that season. I think he, that was when he really like took advantage of them. Yeah, like jump yeah. and ship. They yeah. had they would had left with nothing. Yeah, they had Kyrie and Dion Waiters. Well, now that first season, that first season they didn't have Kyrie. Like that was, I think Baron Davis was the point guard. I can't remember anyone else on that that team. Varejao, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Varejao. And then they, sure. I think they won like seven. I don't know what their record was, but they were they had the worst record in the league, and that's how they ended up with the number one pick, and that's where they got and Kyrie. That's Irving. where they got Kyrie, right? Yeah, but either way, it was a, it was a horrific season for Cleveland. And I, I don't think that this coming season will be as bad. Oh, they had Mo Williams. I think they still had Mo, they yeah. They definitely I'm pretty sure. still had Mo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not too bad for the Cavs, I guess. All right, well, hanging around in the East, what about the Raptors? Their biggest issue last year, of course, was just the mere fact that LeBron existed. Well, not only last year, the last few seasons. The last yeah, few yeah. seasons. So going into the off season, they had to figure out a way to retool because as they were currently standing, they tried four times. It wasn't happening. And boy, oh boy, (laughs) did they retool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, not only did LeBron make their life easier by jumping to the other conference anyway, which even if they stood pat, they probably would have been at least a top three team. Yeah, easily, yeah. They've now hooked DeRozan and Jakob Pertl for Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. And I also found out during the week, supposedly Danny Green was playing injured all of last year, so he may even have a bounce back. He here. might, yeah. I, um, I mean, Danny Green's a good player. He's a 3 and D guy. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. By bringing in an MVP caliber player to play with this new team, providing there's no external forces that ruin this, i.e. Kawhi's... Uh, group yeah (laughs) that i mean ultimately that's the whole big question mark about this situation i mean if Kawhi comes back and plays he reports for training camp or whatever and he and he plays and he gets on with it then that's the new coach um nick nurse Nurse, yeah they've been in constant communication and have got on like a house on fire well that's that's good that's 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 all you can hope for if you're raptors Raptors. exactly i mean you're right they they were sort of I, I reckon they were the Clippers East because they were just yeah. they were a great regular season team, but then in the but playoffs they just, they just couldn't do it. Yeah, and it probably it needed a, a, a dramatic change, and, and that's I what we got this this off season. Comparatively to how the clip because the Clippers were in the same situation. Yep, I think the Raptors have done a much better job. They've they've kind of burned their bridge with Demar Derozan a little bit. They they haven't been entirely honest with him, but the state of their roster going into this season versus last season, especially considering they were able to hang on to the vast majority of their young talent. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to end up yeah. starting for this team, yeah. if not this year, the next year. I th- <coughs> I think the Raptors have done very well. Yeah. I Mas- mean, Masai Ujiri is a little bit of a wizard, that guy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, like you said, they didn't want to lose OG Ananobi and they didn't want to lose Siakam. And they and didn't want to lose didn't. DeLon Wright. And yeah. they didn't want to lose uh, Van Vliet. They yep. didn't lose any of them. They yep. just lost Pirtle. And I, I think the the ceiling of, of this Kawhi Leonard Raptors is, is pretty way, fucking yeah, good, man. Yeah. It's good. Because, I mean, Kawhi essentially puts the Raptors in a position where they could very well win the East. They were already close. Yeah. But this could very well be the last thing to push them over the top, in which case, although they may face LeBron or an even harder challenge 
in the finals. They've gotten to that last step. And once they're yeah. there, once there's there, seven games knows? and exactly. that's it. Yeah. I think the other thing to consider in the East is like the, the Sixers and the Celtics are sort of... They're so well set up for they, they the future. They don't really have to do anything. Exactly. It's, it's just sort of development from within with both of those teams. Whereas the Raptors are kind of... Their window is probably yeah, now. They the need Ra- to do it now. They needed so. to make a change, and they did. And I think it's a, it could be a bloody good one. I mean, we can sit here and speculate about what Kawhi will do next year in unrestricted free agency, but it, it doesn't matter. Like, if they win the championship next year, well, they, they've won the championship. So... I think that's the goal for them. Maybe we should jump straight into the Spurs then. Yeah. I reckon end of last year, <clears throat> if you asked me what is the weakness of the Spurs and where can they improve, yep. I would say although they were really bloody good defensively, they didn't have a creator that could just score off the bounce if they needed to. They didn't have someone that could just yeah. just get it done. Yeah. I mean, they had LaMarcus Aldridge, and you could pass it to him on the post, and he could go to work, but you can't do that 50 possessions a game. Yep. And by essentially replacing a player which wasn't playing with an all-NBA DeMar DeRozan, hell, they haven't done half that either. Well, that, I mean, that's exactly <laughs> the point. The fact that Kawhi played nine games, like, and they had a great record. They did really well they last did fine season without considering him, him yeah. without that. yeah. So with DeMar DeRozan, you could be talking about a team that's back up to the top two, top three in the West again. I mean, it's the Spurs are so interesting because the, when they won the championship in 2014 or whatever it was, I know, it's such a different they just team. play so differently to how they, even they always, did at the back end of Kawhi and, and now with, with LaMarcus, I I've guess. I've always admired that about Pop. He completely alters the identity of his team based on the identity of his team. Yeah. So in 2014, they had all this shooting and skill. They played this stunning, stunning basketball, yeah. whipping it around. Like Still to this day, probably some of the prettiest I've seen, yeah. even against the Warriors. I can, I can watch first. YouTube clips of that, I know. that it, Spurs It's like team a metronome. From, yeah, it's amazing. But now there's none of that, and it's back to their grit days, of which they had heaps. Like People forget when Tim Duncan won the league in 07... That team was just a good defensive team. They couldn't score for shit. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at their roster now. Obviously, it's spearheaded by DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Rudy Gay. These are all guys who just... I think they're mid-range shooters. He'll have a bit of a bounce back here, too. They're expecting some solid play from him. Hopefully, Ginobili comes back. DeJounte Murray, I think, will be even better again this year. Oh, mate. They're, they're definitely onto something. I often forget how much youth is on the Spurs. On the Spurs, yeah, Because, exactly. like, <coughs> when they get these players, they're practically no names. Yep. But they just, like, expend they all just... this time into making them terrific, terrific players. Dude, that, my, my perfect example of that was Davis Batans for me. Like, I know. that dude is just, who the like, hell who the is fuck Davis is that guy? Batans? And then but he's a killer once he moves He's on Thursday Spurs. night TNT lighting up the Warriors, <laughs> and I'm like, what the... F- <laughs> like, what? And, I mean, even um, the other dude in that in that Raptors trade... Yucca Pertle. Like, he... There's every chance he goes on and develops and becomes yeah. a really good player. Because he, that, he, that was, Spurs he was system. pretty solid as is. Um, I have no doubt the way they develop big men that he's going to be useful eventually. I have no doubt. I mean, I, I guess to to bring it back to what they lacked last year and and what they they need for next season. It was that creativity. It was it's that, that scoring. Yeah, and they got off it. the bounce and they got it with the Rosen. Yeah, so exactly. A plus Spurs. Um, how about the Miami Heat? Because I felt at the end of last year, the Heat had a whole bunch of questions and not really any answers. Their roster, there's too much money invested in too many things that aren't going to help them. Where to begin? Like Whiteside, what do you do with him? Um, Tyler Johnson, these... Yeah, Tyler Johnson's a bad contract. Not max max contracts, but contracts that are big enough to really take a chunk of your cap and not give anything back. I mean, the other one is, is Justice Winslow. I mean, if Jake was here right now, he'd have that dumb smirk on his face <laughs> that they managed to avoid that trade. Um, I, I still think Winslow can come good, so I'm not too worried about him. He's shown enough flashes to me that looks pretty unreal. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. They're in this weird spot where... They're not challenging the top end of the East. It's sort of, I guess, what we were trying to say with the Cavs. Like, but they they're probably good enough to be in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. I think they're um, 
just their their use of cap space has limited them in how they can move their team. Like, obviously, number one coming out of the season was what the hell are we going to do with Hassan Whiteside? What the hell are we going to do with him? And for as quality an individual player he is, he's shown for year after year that he can't help your team play any better than they would without him. And he's making like 20-something million a season. Who the hell is going to take this contract off them? Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's a team that's willing to just absorb this for no gain. I think you also look at their roster and it's not... They probably lack a little bit of youth, particularly yeah. particularly on the wings. Like, they just don't have the fresh legs that these other, like, we can talk... I don't want to bring it back, bring up the Celtics again, but, <laughs> like, they, these teams with these young guys on the wing who are just, like, body after body, they, and then they can go to the bench and just bring out more guys, and they're all the same size, and they're all the same ability, and it's... Miami don't have that. I mean, the fact that they... They brought back Dwayne Wade midway through the season last season. Yeah, he was fact, like their best the player for par- parts of that. Such yeah, such a boost. Exactly. I think that's the problem that Eric Spolstra sort of has with his roster. I think Dragic is starting to decline. I think Bam Adebayo is ready to take the starting role at center. I think Tyler Johnson doesn't help, and he's a clone of Josh Richardson, who's better. I mean, there's, I, I there's guess a lot of issues. You can probably cross your fingers and hope that the return of Dion Waiters <laughs> may may spark the offense a little bit. I, I I mean, that's about it. But even then, like it's it's a weird one, Miami. Yeah, it really is. But basically, coming out of the season, their issue was flexibility. How do they fix that? And to be honest, they haven't they haven't done really anything yet. So, at the moment, not so good. D minus. Yeah, you kind of. I mean, I guess the again the the one positive is the fact that you have a great coach in Spolstra. Yeah, Pat and, Riley. And, yeah, I Pat, mean, that it's they'll always they'll make the best of a shit situation, yeah. which you can admire them for. But there there's bigger issues at the Heat, which if they want any hope of taking the next step, they got to figure it out. I mean, like who's you mentioned Dion Waiters? Say they want to get rid of him, which I would. Who the hell's going to take Dion Waiters? Like, they, who's going to take Dragic off them? Yeah. All the contending teams that could use him don't nearly have the cap space. It's an awkward roster. It's, it's very just, awkward. Yeah. It was, I think, after that season where they started off so shit and then got so hot with this team and they built up that chemistry, they maybe got a bit trigger happy with their with their contracts. Like, you get a contract, you get a contract. <laughs> And then it didn't really follow into the next year. And now they're (laughs) stuck with all these contracts and they don't know what to do with them. I think a similar example to the Heat is the Portland Trailblazers in that they also had a hot year where they picked up all these players because they were roughly the same age and they're like, this is a perfect core. We'll pay them all now and they'll grow together. But then they stagnated and all of a sudden that perfect core has so many holes, it's like a piece of cheese. Like, I think... Coming out of last year, the Trailblazers had a very similar situation with the Heat in that they needed flexibility and they, in particular, probably needed a bit of defence in the backcourt. Um, Trailblazers have similarly not done anything about this yet. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, with the comparison, I suppose you have Lillard and you have McCollum. And they're, they're two guys that... They're the same player. They are the same player, yeah. But, I, I mean, if you're the Heat, you don't have either of those guys. But no. to bring it back to the Blazers, like, it's a different sort of a conundrum because at some point do you have to make the decision, well, we, we've got to go with one and try and... I think so. ...trade the other and get assets to sort of help our situation. I think we mentioned this in our playoff obituary for the Trail Blazers that they needed one or the other not running both at the same time because it was making them so porous for not a whole heap of gain. I mean, like, yeah, either of them can score whenever they like, but then say they can't for whatever, say they're having a slump, they're not shooting that well, then what? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. Um, The other one that I wanted to bring up, the Blazers, Yusuf Nurkic re-signed. He was a restricted free agent. He re-signed four years, 12 million a year. I don't think that's that bad. I don't think it's that bad, but it, it's more than is he a guy that's going to help them win. I think that's probably 
is he suited to the way that they play? Is he suited to the way that the NBA is right now? I think that's... I, I like Nurkic. I'm actually a Nurkic I like, fan. Y- so You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because, one, I'm really glad they got him at a good price. Yusuf Nurkic has shown every now and then a game where he just flat out dominates and he's unplayable. Yeah. So having a guy like that for only 12 mil a season, not that bad. Yep. Um, you're right. Is he going to help this team win? But I think because he's locked up for a couple of years now, they have the freedom to alter the way the team plays and he will still be very central to that. So if say they were to get rid of one of Lillard or McCollum and replace them with, I don't know. Whoever, but yeah. Yeah, some playmaking wing, then all of a sudden they've got their, they've got a guard that can yeah. do everything. They've got a wing and they've got a big man. Yeah. And around that you can build. I, I mean, he, I think he's very similar to Capella, and they've got him at a much, much cheaper well, deal. Well, I mean, the difference is Capella is defensively. I think Capella is is just on another level. Mm. Obviously, his style of play, like Capella's a guy that's just going to run up and down the floor all night. He, he's not going to sort of command touches. He's not going to. You have to run sets for him out of the low post. Where as I think Nurkic, Nurkic probably will want a few touches out of the low post. He's going to want to 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 feel as if he's a part of the offense and his interpretation of that or how he views that is through him getting the ball down on the low post. And I mean, like you said, he has the odd game where he'll go for 30 something points and yeah, and like particularly 16 rebounds, two blocks, particularly plus minus is 20. when one of the backcourt guys are not on mm. like that's gold for Portland. So in that sense, it's great. I, I just, I think it's more defensively and whether or not he's, I mean, conditioning, I think has always been a thing with use of Nurkic I, on the face of it. I think, that contract is a great contract, like financially for the for the Blazers. It's just sort of it doesn't fit. Well, I don't know how how are they going to get better. I don't think they have got better, and I, I think it's going to take this Lillard or McCollum trade for them to get better and take well, that next jump. Let's say, and this is obviously absolutely hypothetical, but say in a magic world. Damian Lillard got plucked off the Trailblazers and in his place got dropped, say, Clay Thompson, just an ultimate 3 and D guy. If they had their playmaker like CJ, Clay Thompson, and Nurkic, I reckon that team actually isn't half bad. It's probably a... Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. It's a, probably... I mean, Clay's a... A great player, and it's a, it's a, it's yeah. A, I mean, like, it's all he put him on any team, exactly. Say, yeah, they get Clay Thompson, but the but, fit makes sense, yeah, yeah. I'm saying if they were to lose one of their star guys and replace him, may not be, may not be for the worse. And I mean, Portland's a, I mean, Stotts is a good coach. I think that they're, they were, I think, the third seed last season. I mean, obviously, I think the three down to about six or seven in the West was like one or two games different, so it doesn't matter too much. And then they got bundled out in the first round by by Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. But I, they're, they're another example of these teams in that are just a, a regular season bully. And I, I think that come playoffs time, I just they probably still need something. It, it, and I think, like, like we've sort of said, it's going to come from a trade, I guess. Yeah, it's going to have to. Yeah. Because they're too good to get it through the draft. And they're not signing anyone in free agency because all their money's wrapped up. Yeah. So it's going to have to be through a trade, unfortunately. Although that's yet to have materialized. So for the moment... They're about as where they were. Nothing's really changed. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, how about a team like the Bucks, who I think, rather than needing to make too many personnel changes, because I've always liked the Bucks team. I think there's a lot of potential there. I think they needed a change in character, a change in their style of play, their approach, and they did that by getting Coach Bud. I think Coach Bud is going to unlock this team. I'm I'm fearing the deer this year. <laughs> I I think everyone is excited to watch the Bucks next season. And did you see Giannis get jacked over the off season, mate? <laughs> no, I haven't seen any. Pics. Check this out. I'm gonna get it up for get you. Get some pics <laughs> up. I, I think I saw a pic of him and his brothers at the gym. Yeah, Was that, is that yeah, the pic you you're did. talking about? I. I've watched the Bucks for a few seasons now, and I mean, obviously, it was easy to criticize Kidd, and it was easy to sort of criticize the coaching, and that was kind of the the the, the scapegoat for them. I think they don't have that now. They have a great coach. Yeah, but yeah, this is do. a guy who took the Hawks, who had no real genuine superstar, who, who managed to get Al Horford and Millsap and Jeff Teague and whoever it was as like the play. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, check that out. 
We're looking at a photo of the 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 antenna. I can't even say their name. Antetokounmpo. The the brothers, brothers. The four of them. And yeah, Giannis is fucking. He's jacked up. I know, man. He looks like Joel Embiid out there. He's, he's a seven foot Joel Embiid playing on the wing. This, I, I'm I'm actually. I really do think this year he could average like thirty points a game, five assists, ten, fifteen rebounds. Like I I I think he's gonna really shock us. I I think. I do think that there was a little bit of tweaking for the roster. I know you just said that it was mainly the coach, and I agree. Mm. I think point guard is an area where I, I personally don't think Eric Bledsoe is the point guard for this team. Mm. And I think well, we actually, I think if, uh, it would have been a couple of months ago now, but we even argued this team doesn't really need a traditional point. Well, guard. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, Giannis is essentially he yeah. can do that. Brogdon, I thought did a really good job just being the George Hill of this team. Exactly. Speaking of. George Hill might be a cool addition. That might really help the Bucks. Enough story for another day, but I get what you're saying. Bledsoe is kind of taking the ball out of people's hands, which is yeah. not what you want. And I mean, I think the other thing with Bledsoe is he doesn't space the floor particularly well. Yeah. I think in that sense, Brogdon is, is probably equal or better. Yeah. Um, and he's not going to come with the sort of reputation and the ego that Bledsoe does. Uh, probably aside from that, center was the other big issue with them because they had John Henson and they had Greg Monroe for many years. And they just, I mean, obviously they've signed uh, Brooke Lopez. Yep, for a really good deal. I think $4 million or something like that. I think that that is, and I, I do remember talking about this when that happened, and I, I think the idea of Brooke Lopez on this team fits perfectly because yeah. he can space the floor. And not it? only that, this could be a big year for Thon Maker as well. Well, exactly. Every uh, year we see him yeah. in the playoffs just turn up all of a sudden. He's definitely gotten bigger over the off-season. We saw him in that big brawl. He looked pretty jacked. Laying waste to the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Thon is... He's... Body is just like... Defensively, he could be anything. He yeah. still has all of that potential... Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the Bucks actually. So am I. I think they've done a terrific job filling their holes from last year. My, I honestly, if you asked me what's a weakness for the Bucks this year, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I don't know. I think my big one for them is and it's it's sort of nitpicking, it's unfair almost, but Giannis needs to if he can get that shoot. jump shot going yeah. a bit more, that is probably the big thing because he's unstoppable if he gets it then. Like what how do you you can't guard him? Like this is something I think Jake and I were talking about while we were going for a walk one day down to the courts. But now that there's all these centers which space the floor much like a forward used to, does this forward, which has the ball in their hands, do they even need to be able to shoot? Because the center never needed to because he was the one under the rim. Yeah. He never had to. Yep. Now that everyone's out of the way and the forward like Giannis or Ben Simmons can just shoot to the rim as hard as they can, do they even need to I shoot? I think it's a fair point. And I mean, it's a similar sort of thing with Ben Simmons because Giannis, Ben Simmons, these guys, their size and their athleticism, they can get to the rim. Yeah. And if no one's they, blocking their way, then you'd yeah. think in theory. In that, in that sense, that's where I sort of, I guess it is nitpicking. But I, I don't you're know. Right. You're right. Like it definitely needs to improve. It's sort of imagine Giannis just taking five threes a game and hitting I don't want four to, of man. them. Like, <laughs> I don't just want step to. back. Like you can't stop it. And the dude is twenty three years old. I like know, how? Oh my god. I I think I I really hope that this is a breakout year for Giannis. Yeah. I think he has all the potential to be MVP next season. I think it, and he it could, could be. be shaping for that. Yeah. So like I can definitely see the Bucks winning the East and. Giannis just is the MVP. Well, I think I can see. I think it. he's it, the best player happen. in the East. It could happen. Or do you do you have him beat ahead of him? Do you have who not you... necessarily because Giannis has proved it for longer. I mean, it's up for debate. You're comparing MB Giannis. They're such different players. But what we're trying to get across is that this guy, if he's not the best, he very well is up there. Yeah, and he could he definitely could will the Bucks to the top seed on and, his own. And I think we're banking on Coach Bud unlocking that. Yeah, and I think he will. Yeah. Um, Shouts to my guy Chris Middleton too. I love yeah, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's a he's gun. A dude. Just a good team, man. I'm, I'm glad that he's in this USA, Team USA yeah, right. camp. He Deservedly deserves that. so. Yeah. Bucks, A+. Plus. 
Good job. Uh, who else do you want to talk about, Josh? Um, let's just rip into the Wizards for a Yes, minute, I'm glad. <laughs> yes, we've gone from a very positive one to a very negative one. Yeah, so end of last year, I think it was pretty abundantly clear that the Wizards just didn't have enough help. Their starting five didn't get along. Their center was marching Gortat. All the talent in the world locked into about three, four guys. Yeah. And then the rest of the team was just abject garbage what have they done to rectify this well i'm glad you asked Beatty. <laughs> they went and replaced marching gortat with the one and only dwight howard who as we all know has had a fantastic time around the league the past few years they went and signed austin rivers from his dad's team in clipperland um and as far as i'm aware they got jeff green as well yeah who has been a laughing stock pretty much for the past five to six years, other than the playoffs last <laughs> year. Other than that tiny anomaly, he's been a laughing stock. This, these are the three players they've chosen to help support this team, of which already had huge red flags with their culture and with their attitude toward another one another. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't see this ending well, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I mean, I think in many ways it's kind of similar to the Portland situation where they have two gun backcourt players. And it, At least in Portland, they like each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right, yeah. I mean, the dynamic between Beal and Wall is just... They clearly don't I, get along. What, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was so interesting when Wall was out for that extended period. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and they actually camaraderie they for won. A yeah, they were playing good basketball. Thomas Sadaransky was showing us yeah. how it's done. Gortat wasn't whinging like it was it was good I I think John Wall is I think he's a bit of an asshole I think it's getting to that point where it's like is John Wall really that good is he really going to help you I mean yes he's bloody good we've seen it yeah but if you're going to be such a pain to play with then what's the point of all that talent because your teammates aren't going to be helping you the way they could or should I think I think this year is the time for Kelly Oubre to finally join the starting lineup. I And I think that'll help out a lot because I think he's better than Markeith Morris. But a bench of Jeff Green, Markeith Morris, Austin Rivers, I don't know about you, mate, but it's not inspiring me. And I think it's just going to make John Wall even more cranky than he already was. I mean, this is the same guy that outwardly complained to the media that his team was shit. Yeah. I, I mean, I just can't. It's difficult for me to go past Dwight Howard. <laughs> and Dwight Howard, what were they thinking? Yeah. At least Marcin Gortat shut his mouth and just did his job. Yeah, exactly. Is I'm, Dwight going to run the pick and roll any better than this guy? The, well, Dwight doesn't like running the pick and roll. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, you got to get him to do it in the first Great. place. What did they need? A big man that ran the pick and roll and so John Wall could feed it to him. Yeah. What'd they get? Dwight Howard. They're going to get Dwight in the low post, asking for the ball. He still can't shoot free throws. Um, I... Yeah, I, I mean, for changes from last season to this coming season, I mean, obviously the Dwight and the Jeff Green, and that, I mean, I think they're just, it's, they must be in a weird situation where they just can't attract the guys. They don't have the salary cap space, and again, they're going to have to move someone. I they think. don't like have the salary cap space because they spent all two hundred yeah. million on John Wall. And I mean, I'm a big fan of Otto Porter. I think that guy's a good player. You and me both. It's just, I mean, something's got to give, and and I. I think it'll be, I don't know. It would be such a shame for the Wizards to lose Otto Porter just to make John Wall Well, that, that's exactly... And I don't, th- I I don't think, think it'll make him I any I think better. they're going to have to get to a point where it's like, well, maybe we would prefer to keep Bradley Beal and Otto Porter and we've got Kelly Oubre sitting there and he wants more minutes and he's good enough to take the minutes. Maybe yeah. that's the decision. And then they're going to find a taker for this clown's yeah. enormous contract. Um, it's, they're in a shit. Well, yeah, situation exactly. This then. is that. This is that. Um, Supermax, Blake Griffin, sort of scenario with yeah, John Wall. It, I think. It's like it's like handcuffs. Yeah, you're proper shackled if you sign anyone to this crazy deal. Side note: um, Check out John Wall's Team USA picture from this current camp. It's, he looks high. He looks shocking. He looks like <laughs> it's look, look looks like a mugshot. It's actually <laughs> hilarious. Actually, you know what? I'll post that up. That'll yeah. be that'll be the picture when we go to Instagram. Nice, I like Back it. Backdoor cut on Instagram if you want to find Give us. Give us a follow, please. Um, but yeah, I would say end of last year. If you asked me what the Wizards needed, I would say they needed high character guys who defend who can help this team win, and they have not done that in any shape, way, or form. Abject 
Disaster. Yeah, I agree. F. Um, what about Thunder? I, on the surface of it, I like everything they've done. I think, I think we've talked about this a little a bit. Plus this yeah, I, I mean, every move they've made, it's just like, that makes sense, and that makes sense, and, and yeah. Oh, that, that's actually they, really good. They, <laughs> they, they, they bought out Mello, and they... Replaced I mean, it with um, Schroeder as their backup Schroeder point as guard. the backup point guard is, yeah. Fun, fun fact to all those listening at home, uh, Russell Westbrook ranked fifth in the league in pick and roll efficiency last year and if you would like to know who was sixth in the league in pick and roll efficiency it was none other than Dennis Schroeder who is now Russell Westbrook's immediate backup so do you know what that means Beatty this Thunder team is going to be running the pick and roll with Steven Adams oh. and Nolan's Noel all game long every single game I, I have a feeling the Thunder are going to surprise people this year their starting five is downright terrifying defensively. Yep. Ag- absolutely it's, terrifying. Yeah. And can score. Ev- Their bench is good. Everything is in place here. I know. It looks bloody I, good. I just don't know what... I mean, it's ultimately it'll come down to whether Westbrook is going to shoot him out of games or is he... Is, I, I don't know. Like it's- Paul George seems so committed. I saw he said something the other day like... Um, at this stage in my career, I don't need bright lights in a big city. I need a team that's ready to win. And... I think he's found it. He's in the the good situation for that. I mean, you don't need to question Westbrook's hunger to win. He definitely wants to get there. Um, If Roberson comes back with even half a semblance of a working jump shot, that would certainly help. Jeremy Grant's locked up. He's going to play shitloads of minutes of power forward. Nolan's Knowles, two million bucks off the bench. Elite rim protector, elite defender, full stop. Yeah, and he's replacing another elite defender in Stephen I f- Adams. I love Stephen Adams. I know, so he's do I. Apparently, he released an autobiography. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go get it. Check that out. Yeah, um, but a plus for the Thunder. If you asked me last year, what do they need to fix? What's their weakness? I would say they gotta get rid of Mello as quick as humanly possible. And they did. And shore up their bench, get some other options outside of just Westbrook, Westbrook and Paul George, which they did. They have done a fantastic job. They've cut their luxury tax bill back by tens of millions. I, I can't I can't speak highly enough. They've done astonishingly well. Um what do you reckon? Can we talk about the Timberwolves, Josh? I've, mate, you bet. We can talk about the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are a developing one for me because I think that this is the tide is turning on Tibbs. The tide turned. It's <laughs> turned. It's Bro, already turned. The tide turned when he was still at the Bulls. I, I, he's he is. If you wound the clock back ten years, he's the best coach in the league. He will figure out a way to grind it out against every single team you put against him. But nowadays, the game isn't played like that, and he's playing in a different time. It's it's not working. It, his team is imbalanced he's got these two awesome rookies coming in which aren't going to get a minute oh mate i'm, I'm off tips i mean I, I guess one positive is the fact that as of right now carl anthony towns jimmy butler are still timberwolves players they're still well, in jimmy, a timberwolves jimmy uniform butler turned down his extension well he, that's he yeah that's as good as gone yeah i mean it's i don't know it's, in which it's case not... they just gutted all the youth on their team for this guy that didn't even hang around and now they've and got they've Jeff got, Teague locked up. Yeah, and they have Wiggins locked up. It's. It, I don't know. I, it, it seems like there's some proper issues. I, Beatty, if I said to you, end of last season, you're in charge of the Timberwolves, what's wrong? What needs to be fixed? Um, I, I do think that just the rotation in general, I think they need to get more guys Not contributing. 40 minutes. Exactly, again. yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, when you get to the playoffs, it, it will be the situation where you're going to have five or six guys that you're going to trust more than anybody else. But you want to try and limit the workload throughout the season on your main guys. So they're able to do that in the playoffs. Exactly. And, I mean, that's a big... It's always been a knock on Tibbs. I think the other one, and this is a difficult one because it's it's no. this is not a roster move, this is not a coaching change, this is... Andrew Wiggins just needs to get good. Yeah, he needs to he, he needs, needs to, to play to his contract. Out. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. at the moment, it doesn't seem like he's not able to do it. It just seems like he doesn't 
have his head in the right place. He's, he, Do you think he so? expects I, everything to just come to him. Yeah, I guess. I, a part of me just thinks that maybe he isn't that good. I think we're at that point now where you're starting to question that. And I mean, obviously for the Wolves, it sucks because they've paid him and they're what, one or two years into, into that deal. I, I mean, they just need some development, some sort of growth. I mean, five minutes ago, we were talking about Giannis and how he's 23 and the sky is the limit with this guy still. And, he, and he's been in the league for five years already or whatever it is. Wiggins, it's kind of like but at that's, a standstill. That's, that's the thing, though, because Giannis took such a constructive approach. He came into the league pretty much awful at literally at everything. everything. Yeah, like, true. you and me remember this. Yeah, yeah. He was a skinny seven-foot Greek yeah. wing who was playing in the third division of, of Greece, Greece yeah. never seen an NBA court in his life. No one expected, like, they were like, yeah, cool, who knows, maybe he'll be something. But he's worked so hard to get to where he is now, very clearly. And I think Wiggins, even from when he was in college, he kind of just, I'm Andrew Wiggins, I can jump out of the fucking gym. Um, I don't need to work as hard as these guys. I've got it already. And it shows, like... There hasn't been really any improvement. He's still the same guy. Yeah. yeah. So talent-wise, of course it's all there. Like, there was a reason that the year before he was drafted, people called tanking rigging for Wiggins. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even called tanking. <laughs> that was tanking. the hashtag. They, you were going out specifically for this kid because his physical gifts were unlike anything had anyone had ever seen. Maple Jordan, man. But obviously, growing up, perhaps he was given a bit too much. He was told he was a bit too good, hugged a couple too many times, <laughs> and he doesn't know how to work. And the same could be argued, obviously not nearly to his degree, but Carl anthony Towns hasn't really developed that much either. He's yeah. still a terrible defender. Yep. His shooting, I don't know if it got better last year, but if it did, it wasn't by a hell of a lot. Well, and I think there was. it's a weird dynamic between Butler and, and, and Carl anthony Towns because, I mean... It's Butler's team. I don't think anyone's probably going to argue that. But it, at the same time, Carl Anthony Towns is just sort of transcendent ta- talent. They need to get him all the touches and all the shots that he can he can get, I guess. And, I mean, we saw in that, that first round when they got bundled out by the Rockets, like he had games where he had like four shots or five, whatever, yeah, whatever it was. I know, like it's a- just so passive. I think also the thing that really shows how short-sighted the Timberwolves were by taking Jimmy Butler is how well Chris Dunn and Zach Levine is panning out in Chicago. And of course you can argue Zach Levine was injured last year. He didn't do shit, but everyone in the city from the top of the organization down speaks about how hard this guy works. Yeah. He's killing himself day in day out to come back and be the best player he can possibly be to help his team. Chris Dunn is the same. He's hustling. He's a bulldog. He's a, imagine if the Timberwolves, had Chris Dunn at point guard instead of Jeff Teague, had Zach Levine at shooting guard, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. They had this core of young players, all the same age, which could have all been all-stars one day. Yeah. And they traded that future away for a quick win now with Jimmy Butler when now it's obvious to us Wiggins and Cat weren't ready for that. Then They weren't ready to win right now. They had a good thing going and they, they bottled it. It's It's so alarming how quickly this has all gone downhill as yeah. well, I think. I mean, probably a year and there, ago... there were shades of this while Jimmy Butler was still at the Bulls. Shades of for, for the Wolves or just this was going to happen around Butler? This was going to happen okay, around yeah. Butler. Because yeah. if you remember that season, it was the really weird one when Bulls had Rondo and yep, Dwayne okay. Wade and all yep. that. But, like, the, the team almost couldn't function unless Jimmy Butler was doing everything. Yep. He, he made it so I'm the, the scorer, I'm the point guard, I'm the re- I'm everything. Yep. It has to all run through me, which is all good and well, but that's not how the game is played anymore. And now he's gone to Timberwolves. And at first, there was that month or two where he was kind of being really passive. He didn't want to step on anyone's toes. But then when did they find their success? When they gave him the ball and everything channeled through Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And when you've got Wiggins and Cat who need the ball... And Jeff Teague, who needs the ball, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. How do we how do we fix them for next season? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I don't know. I feel like unless Wiggins think, just think, comes out and starts dropping twenty six a, a game, a change in head coach could be hugely beneficial. I think they're but that's they're not that going to happen because he's also president of yeah. basketball operations. Yeah, 
which we also know doesn't work. Yeah. Well, he's probably the last one he's the left, last, just about. And he's the last guy you would want as the president of basketball operations yeah. when he's operating in such a backward frame of mind. It, it's. I remember only a couple of years ago when they hired him, and I was like, "Yeah, this is a great move." At the time, it was it was cool. I mean, everyone knew him for being this defensive mastermind, but we'd only ever really seen him in the Chicago Bulls setting. I think now that we've seen him in another setting, it's shown how stiff he is in his ways. He doesn't change for anyone or anything, and that's holding them back. Imagine if they had got Coach Bud. Do you not think the Timberwolves would be better next yeah, year? Yeah, true. They They're definitely... I mean, we'd probably be talking about it in the same positivity as, as we the just Bucks. did as the Bucks. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, true. I, I think they need a coach that's going to promote the team playing as a team. Yeah. The the Tibbs kind of teams is very much give the ball to Derek Rose and let him do his thing. <laughs> Which he's actually even doing. Now, even <laughs> literally, now. Yeah, literally, he's still got Derek Rose. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um... Let's talk about the Hornets quickly. Yeah, I reckon we can close on the Hornets. That's a good one. Um, the Hornets, I thought, at the end of last year, they needed a way to create some flexibility in their team. They needed a way to let some youth onto the roster, and they needed a way to get the hell away from Dwight Howard. Even though, in my humble opinion, he didn't have that bad a year last year. Yeah, I'm with you. I... I... I think probably it's a weird... They're so hamstrung by their bad decisions, the Hornets, over the years. Surprisingly, though, I don't think they've done half bad this offseason. They've put a huge emphasis on the Summer League, which I think has brought a lot of things to the forefront for them. They got rid of Dwight. They got a couple of rookies in. All of a sudden, it's not looking all that bad. I mean, providing this new coach... What's his name? Um, Borrego? Yeah, yep. He, he's from the Spurs, right? Out of the right? Spurs system, yeah. These players are very Spursian, yeah, particularly exactly. players like um, Nick Batum. Nick Batum, I think, is a big one, yeah. He, he needs a team that's passing the ball around to be able yeah. to flourish. Um, I'm sure it'll create space for Kemba. Christian Wood, who absolutely dominated the Summer League, hopefully will get some minutes get some around run. the center spot. Yeah. If not, then they've got um, Zeller, who... They always played really well with him. He he was never yeah, it was weird. Yeah, he he wasn't anything between him astounding, and, and Kaminsky. But, like yeah, um, I think Willie Hernan Gomez is still there. He killed the summer league. Kaminsky's still there. Uh, they got shooting. They got defense. They got Miles Bridges, yep. who I think is going to surprise a shitload like of people, people this yep. year. I don't know. I like I, it. I was I drunk the Malik Monk. Cool Malik Monk last season and he didn't really do anything but I still think all that potential is still there yeah man if he gets a chance yeah. I mean when he was at uh, Kentucky I believe it was he was just as touted as the other guys that got drafted around yeah. him it was just, it, I mean he went what was it 13th overall or 11th overall he went ahead of, of Donovan Mitchell yeah, yeah hell yeah, yeah he did and people thought this guy was going to be a star there's still so much time for him. Yeah. He played well in the summer league. He was one of the guys they sent home early. I mean, I guess the decision for them this coming season will be do they Oh, pardon me. Do they what do they do with Kemba Walker? Yeah. Because he's an expiring yeah. and it's a good deal. I mean, there's absolutely value they would get back from flogging him off. It just depends on how I feel because their owner's Michael Jordan, he only really knows how to win, win, win no matter what. Yeah. If they're performing and they're getting good results... They'll hold him, hold on. I think they'll just hold him and hopefully hope sell him the idea of hanging around. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Jordan tries to keep Kemba Walker for another deal. Well, I mean, he is the face of that franchise and he is their best player. And he likes it there. Yeah. He's never once complained. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I always liked Steve Clifford. I thought he was a good coach. I did too. But I didn't think it was that bad. Who knows? Maybe it just wasn't right for them. I mean, his mentality was rebound the ball and don't turn it over. And that's they, even when they were shit, they rebounded the ball well and they didn't turn it over. Maybe taking a few more risks isn't such a bad idea for them. Any semblance of a shooting ability from MKG mm. would absolutely Literally. be the most yeah. welcome thing in the that'd world. Be, that'd be a great change for next season. because... Yeah. <laughs> We all know he can defend. Yeah. But if he's 
able to shoot. Even even a three a game. Jeremy Lamb, any more development from him? Tony Parker's playing for this team, which is a huge amount of championship experience and just such a cool head to teach these young guys in the locker room. Yeah. I don't know. i got a good feeling about the Hornets. I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs next year. They're one of those ones that they kind of yo-yo. Like, they'll have a bat down year and then they'll come up a bit and yeah. they'll do all right. And, then and I mean, there was all those advanced stats the past couple of years which said their record is actually worse than how they performed. Yeah. They got unlucky in a lot of Strength situations. Of schedule and other things like that, yeah. So who knows? They could be a real surprise. I hope so. Me too. I like the purple and teal. That's that's something positive to end on, I think. Yeah. We love ending on a happy note here. Jake, if you're listening, I hope you enjoyed. Everyone else, I hope you enjoyed too. Actually, I hope you enjoyed more than Jake enjoyed. I don't really need him to enjoy this. I need you to enjoy it. But do follow him on Twitter, Jake Eisenberg. Um, I don't really know how to tweet, but I think there's an (laughs) at symbol chucked in there somewhere. Um, Follow us on Instagram, Backdoor Cut. Uh, What else we got? Uh, If you got... If you got any questions that you want us to answer, please just slide up in our DMs. Yeah. We are more than happy to do so. We love all the support. We love whenever anyone messages us. Fantastic. I mean, we're in off-season mode now, so if you if, even if you have potential topics Open or anything, for ideas. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, till next week, guys. Peace out. Peace out.